Well, good morning. Good morning. It is good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you were here. Hugh had me in a bit of confusion. He called me yesterday and said they weren't going to be here. And lo and behold, they're here. And I would rearranged the whole worship schedule <laughs> to, to accommodate. But anyway, we're working through it. It's all right. <laughs> but it's good to have them here, and we're glad that they are here. Today's lesson is a continuation of what we began last week on preaching the Word, the whole counsel of God. I guess you could say the, the golden text of this sermon, of our lesson today, is what is said in Titus chapter 2 and verse 15. When Paul encourages Titus, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Titus was, of course, encouraged to speak with authority. To speak from authority. Authority that came to him from God. So our lesson today is on preaching with authority. And why it matters. Authority is important in our day and age. It's important in our lives, in our world. There are certain things that require authority. For instance, probably the one that, that may stand out to you as much as it stands out to me is authority in regard to marriage. When you see a wedding ceremony that is performed, what's one of the things that the preacher, whoever is, is performing the ceremony, what's the one thing that they say? By the authority that is vested in me. That authority comes, in my standpoint, from performing it from a religious ceremony standpoint, comes from God. God gives the authority for us to join two into one in marriage. Of course, you also have to have authority from the state as well. And so the state also allows that. And so by that authority, the marriage is performed. But authority is not something that is only found in a marriage ceremony. We see that police officers act upon authority. The authority of the law, the authority of the state, the authority that is given to them as police officers. And it also translates into the jobs of, of judges, government leaders, and even in the form of the president. There is a certain authority that he has to follow. And there's a certain authority that he gives that is followed by others. Authority matters. Authority also matters not just in, in the way of the church, but it, or not in the way of the world, but also in the church. How people today regard authority and doctrine is also important. As we look at it from a church standpoint, there's a certain way that authority is received. One may say, I don't know much about the Bible, but I know what I believe. And in so doing, they're rejecting authority in religion. They're placing that authority within themselves rather than upon the Word of God. There's what I might term religious indifference. 
Things one has read and been taught by others shape one's ideas and feelings toward religion. But it has little to do with what God's Word actually says. It's shaped more by tradition. The tradition of my grandparents or my parents. Or maybe I want to do something completely different than what I was raised to do. That's religious indifference. Would this have described the first century Christians? And the establishment of the church and the beginnings of the church? They didn't have any traditions to base, a, base their, their thoughts upon with the exception of the, the Jewish traditions. But the old law was done away with at the cross. And so when Peter preached the first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost, the, the church was begun based upon the teachings of Jesus. Based upon the authority of Jesus, the authority that was handed down to the apostles by Jesus Himself, the authority to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every nation. Today, many are intolerant of those that preach religious doctrine, which we talked about last week. They don't want to hear doctrine. They don't want to hear the teachings of the Bible, especially things that are difficult. Maybe not necessarily difficult to understand, but maybe more so difficult for them to receive and to apply them to their lives. When practicing their chosen religion, Christianity basically, what authority is used in deciding how to do so? Do we decide by counsel what we are to do and what we are to teach and, and what we are to practice? Do we decide by a group of men? Or do we decide by the Bible? Many today choose their own ideas of what religion is and how it should be done rather than going to the Word of God to find out what God wants. Our lesson objectives for this morning are first of all to learn the importance of authority in regard to what we do and how we do it. And secondly, to return the New Testament church to faithfulness in regard to the authority of God's Word. The, the whole plea uh, of the restoration movement, if we go back in history, not necessarily the beginning of the church, but the restoration of the church. From the standpoint of, of where people veered away from the Bible to returning them to that. The whole plea of the restoration movement using Bible names for Bible things. Speaking where the Bible speaks. Remaining silent where the Bible is silent. That's what we endeavor to do. The things we do the things that we teach, all of this is done with the authority of God behind them. And so let's begin with the authority in the New Testament. How authority is applied in the New Testament. We go back to Titus. Titus chapter 2. Which just kind of Felt that, that this came a, a part of this sermon because we used Titus 2 to a great deal last week in, in the matter of doctrine. 
We used the first few verses of the chapter. Today we're going to focus on the last few verses of the chapter. But in Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 it begins, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. It continues in verse 9, Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for Himself His own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, verse 15. Speak these things, exhort. And rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. Titus was to speak upon the authority of the Scriptures, the authority that had been given him by God. He was to preach sound doctrine. Of course, we know Titus to be a part of the Scriptures. The things that he had received beforehand, he was to teach. And upon that authority, he was to continue in sound doctrine. We must have authority for the things we do. In regard to the church, in regard to religion, in in regard to, to our worship, in regard to any decision that is made, it needs to be done so with the authority of God in mind. Our authority should not be based on the decisions of man, as these may or may not align with God's desire. Also in Titus, we have instructions for elders and and the qualifications that are given them. And it's not even elders that really make decisions as far as what the church is going to do, but they make their decisions with the authority of God in mind. Make sure that we're doing everything in accordance with God's will. And they help us to do that. In translating verse 15, some try to make Titus the authority as a pastor or the preacher, as a leader in the church. And how he was to encourage the church as he was working. But Titus also was to act in accordance with the authority of the Scriptures. The authority of God's Word. He was to to teach the things that he had been taught. He was to, to continue in that sound doctrine and the way that he led was in accordance with the Word of God and the will of God. Not by his own authority. He didn't help to establish the church there. He didn't help to to lead the church there based upon his own ideas and what he was thinking. But he taught and led the church from a standpoint of the message that had been delivered to him. And he delivered that to the people. And our authority in the church today comes from God and the scriptures that, that he has given. It's not from 
from some man-made conference or, or a group of men. It doesn't come from man at all. But what we do, we do so in accordance with the authority of God and the, the authority that is given in Scripture. Jesus' authority was once questioned, to which he in turn questioned, at least in the minds of the Pharisees, the authority for the baptism of John. They would not answer him. Matthew 21, verses 23 through 27. Authority seemed important to the Pharisees, yet their authority, their authority, was favored above God's. And thus it is said of them in Matthew 15 and verse 9 that they, they taught as doctrines the commandments of men. And that was not to be the case. Tradition, tradition has a place in the way that we do things to, to some degree. But tradition should not trump over God. Tradition should not be placed over God and His authority. And we make sure that, that even in the things that we do by, by tradition, that we do so in accordance with the authority of God. The Pharisees had taken that to a whole new level and they had made themselves the authority. And that was not to be the case. They knew the Word of God well. But when it came to applying it to themselves and to others, they did not do well. Whose authority? Whose authority are we talking about? Let's begin with the authority of God. By His authority, the world was spoken into existence. Go back to the very beginning. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God formed them. God, by authority, brought into being everything that we know. As far as nature, if we go outside and we see the trees and the grass and things of that nature, we can't create that from nothing. We can recreate it based upon what God has given us, but, but we can't create those things. And it is by God's authority that those are in existence. Psalm 33 and verse 9 says, For He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. It is by God's authority that the world was created. God's authority is recognized in regard to our very existence and it is by His authority that we live. God holds authority over the world, all that He created. In Genesis chapter 6, beginning with verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
Continue reading in verse 13. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God had the power and authority over the earth to destroy His creation with it. He could have destroyed everything completely, wiped it all away as if it never existed. God had the authority over it to do so. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God comes to Noah and He tells him, I'm going to destroy the world and I want you to build an ark. And He told him how to build it and it was by God's authority that Noah built the ark. Noah acted upon the authority of God in building the ark to God's specifications. And as God relinquished that authority, God still possesses that same authority over the world today. He can wipe us out if He so chooses. He promised never to destroy the world by flood again. But the world will one day be destroyed, as we read in 2 Peter chapter 3. And we have to prepare ourselves for the end. But God does possess that same authority. There is a sense in which God's authority is passed to another. While Jesus' authority for miracles is brought into question in Matthew 21, we understand that all was done with the authority of His Father behind it. John 5 and verse 30, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus, in His life on earth, He acted under the authority of God the Father. He did the Father's will and not His own. When in the garden, uh, we sang the song, In Gethsemane Alone, which, uh, that was a great placement. You know, we usually we use that song as a Lord's Supper song, but it, it was very interesting to use that as a prayer song today, and I really appreciate that. But when Jesus was in the garden, He prayed, Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus acted in accordance with the authority of the Father. But we come to Matthew 28. And in preparing His apostles, His disciples, for His departure from the earth, His ascension, we've already been through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and now He is preparing to ascend back to His Father. And we read in Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw them, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to, to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Notice what he says in verse 18. All authority, all authority 
has been given to me. And where did that authority come from? Authority from the Father. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And by that authority, Jesus sends out the eleven, soon to be twelve once again with the addition of Matthias in Acts chapter 1. But it is by that authority that the apostles are sent out into all the world preaching the gospel, making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that He had commanded them. And it is with that authority that we continue doing the same thing that those disciples began following the teachings of Christ. It is by the authority of Christ that this commandment to go is obeyed. But then we also have the authority of the Spirit. The authority of the Father, the authority of the Son, the authority that is given to the Son, and the authority of the Spirit. The Spirit does not act upon His own authority, but instead upon the authority that is given to Him through Christ. John 16, verses 13 and 14. John 16, beginning with verse 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. What is declared through the Spirit is declared by the authority of Christ. The authority of God. And as we close our lesson, let's turn our attention to the authority of the Scriptures. The authority of the Scriptures. The authority of the Scriptures is important to the doctrine that we teach. It's important for us to know those things. And it's important that we teach by them. If it's not by the authority of God... If it's not by the authority of God, how can we be saved? If we follow the teachings of men instead of the teachings of the Bible, how can we be saved if it's not by the authority of God? And don't be deceived. There are men that will teach, and women too, there are men that will teach things that are not according to the Scriptures, that are not according to the authority of God's Word and we cannot be deceived by them. So if not by the authority of God then how can we be saved? How can we know what we are told or what we are to do to remain faithful? How can we know those things if we don't know them by the authority of God? If not by the authority of God, how can we know what God desires of His people? 
We are not to believe the teachings of man aside from the authority of God. We are given the Scriptures and the ability to understand them. And we each have a personal responsibility to compare the teachings of man to the authority of the Scriptures. It's been often said that, that one of the greatest sounds to a preacher is the turning of pages during a sermon. Because if you're turning pages during the sermon, you're following along. You may not hear that as much with the, the phones and, and iPads and they have their place. But it's good for you to follow along, even with me. Make sure that what I'm saying is the truth. We have a personal responsibility in that. Think of the noble Bereans in Acts 17 and verse 11 where it is said of them, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures on Sunday to find out whether these things were so. That's not what it says, is it? They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. I've often heard comments from some of you that, that, that you write down the scriptures that I use. And I'm glad that you do. Maybe you go through them during the week and, and make sure that what I said in the pulpit is so. We, we've recently begun putting scriptures in for the next sermon. So... Uh, through the week, you have uh, five readings throughout the week that pertain to next week's sermon. I hope that you're following along with those. Those are for your benefit. We should have a, a habit in some ways of searching the Scriptures daily. Just as the Bereans did. What a great example they set. Many teach by their own authority and we must recognize the difference. And the only way to recognize the difference is to recognize what God's Word says. If you don't recognize what God's Word says, you won't know the difference when someone teaches false doctrine. Don't be deceived by the teachings of men. Make sure that they are teaching in accordance with the authority of the Scriptures, the authority of God. By the authority of God, we learn many things. By the authority of God, we are told about the church. It was established by Christ, not men, Matthew 16 and verse 18. It was purchased by the blood of Christ, Acts 20 and verse 28. Christ is its foundation and head, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11 and Colossians 1 and verse 18. We are told in Scripture how the church is structured in local congregations with, with elders that recognize the authority of Christ as the church's true head, not themselves as the head, but Christ as the head. With ministers and deacons that recognize the authority given to elders to lead in accordance with the authority of the Scriptures and members that recognize the authority of each acting upon the authority of God. We are told about the worship of the church. That we gather each Lord's Day for the purpose of breaking bread, Acts 20 and verse 7, 
and 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 through 26. How and why we are to sing Colossians 3 and verse 16 and 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. To give according to our means and ability, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 and 2, 2 Corinthians 9. To pray, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And to preach, Acts 20 and verse 7, and also verse 20 and 32. By doing these things, we continue in the apostles' doctrine. Just as it is said of the church of the first century in Acts chapter 2, so we continue in the apostles' doctrine even today. It is by the authority of God that we are taught the doctrine and commandments of God, not the doctrine or commandments of men. Doctrine in regard to marriage, divorce, and subsequent remarriage in Matthew 19, verses 1 through 9, that we looked at last week. We learn about sin and what it is and how to avoid and overcome it. We are taught of the law of God. Summed up in that we love God with all of our being. And that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. And also found in Mark 12, verses 29 through 31. But we are to teach. We are to follow in the doctrine that is given to us. We teach by the authority of God. Through the authority of God's word that is given to us. God gave us His Word so that we can understand what He wants from His people. And it is by His authority that we operate as the church, that the church is structured, that, that we as Christians live. That is the authority of God. It is also by the authority of God that we are told what is necessary for our salvation. Acts 2, beginning with verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's doctrine. That's the authority of God speaking. Peter was speaking by the authority of God when he said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It is by the authority of God that we follow that. It is by the authority of God that we are saved in that. You cannot be saved in baptism aside from the authority of God. It must be with the authority of God. And we're told in verse 41 that those who gladly received His word were baptized. They heard the authority of God and what Peter had to say. They believed the authority of God and it was by the authority of God that they were baptized and that they were saved. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It is by that same authority that we are saved today that we are to do the same thing that Peter said 
on the day of Pentecost that we too are to repent and let every one of you be baptized. Why? For the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of your sin. And it is because Peter taught by the authority of God and it is by the authority of God that we are saved in following those commands. It is also by the authority of God that we are encouraged to remain faithful just as the church of Smyrna was encouraged. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Revelation 2.10 So we continue in faithfulness. Is authority important in matters of religion? In regard to the church, in regard to Christianity? Oh, it is. Authority is just as important today as it has ever been. And it's important that we continue in that authority. Uh, again, there are those that, that teach otherwise. There are those that teach things that they come up with on their own. Things that they've made up. Things that they say are the will of God. But if you can't find it in here, it's not true. God has given us His authority. We need to know it. We need to abide by it. We need to continue in it. And so we, as the Mars Hill Congregation, we endeavor to do just as many who have gone before us have done. 1852, 1852 is the date that we are given that this congregation was begun. We haven't changed the gospel. We haven't changed what we teach. Why? Because God's Word hasn't changed. We endeavor to be the church that Jesus Himself established. The church that He began. So if you ever wonder why we do things in such old ways, that's why. I'm telling you the same thing that members of this congregation were told in 1852. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of, of your sins. Continue in faithfulness. We give you the opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitation, not mine. Not the invitation of the congregation, but the invitation of the Lord Himself to come. If you need to come, please do so as together we stand and as we sing.